You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. What a day that'll be when he's crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords and he rules this world from Jerusalem. I'm glad I'm going to be there with him, aren't you? All right, let's take our Bible here this morning and let's start out in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. The message that I'll bring to you today is one of those messages that those who know and love the Lord will be thrilled with. Those who know the Lord and are not at this present time walking with the Lord will probably leave here a little bit upset with the preacher today unless you get right with God. If you'll get right with the Lord, then uh, you will leave here today thrilled over what you have heard because it has changed your life. I think most of you know that uh, we've been gone for a month and uh, we're back, sorry. And while we were gone, about a week after we were into our trip, uh, I came ill. I picked up an amoeba somewhere, and I ended up being in the hospital for four days. While I was in this hospital in Mindanao, it was quite different than our hospitals, a lot cheaper, uh, but I had very good care. But one of the things they did is they locked the door. So my room was locked. I couldn't get out if I would have wanted to. Not that I wanted to get out, believe me. I didn't want anyone to get in. I didn't want to get out. I just wanted to get better. And if someone came, they had to have a key in order to get into the room. If I wanted out, I had to press a button and ask to be released, and I never did push the button and ask for a release. So in those four days that I was there, uh, basically um, all alone, other than when a nurse would come in occasionally and change my IVs, I had some real time to... Be alone with the Lord. And it was a good time. I thank the Lord for those four days. As I had time there to be with the Lord and to just kind of pause and reflect over our church and our ministry and the calling that God has placed upon my life, there was uh, some real concerns. I don't think that I have ever been as concerned about the spiritual condition of our fellowship, and as you know, some of you have been your pastor over 30 years. And I don't know that I've ever been as concerned as I am right now concerning the spiritual condition of our church body. I am extremely concerned about some of our college and career young people. The decisions that they're making, the directions that they're taking in their life, I'm extremely concerned about some of our teenagers and the decisions that they have made and where they're going in their life, especially upon graduation. I see some, as a pastor, I see some major wrong decisions being made outside of the will of God, clearly unbiblical and yet justified in their own minds. We've had some families recently that have left the church. Over the past 
three to four years, we've had a, a matter of fact, if all the families that have left our church in the past three or four years would be here today, we would not have room to hold everyone in this auditorium. Some of those families left for very good reasons. Some of those families left for very, very poor reasons. And so as I had these four days just to think about our church, to think about many of you, to pray and to seek the Lord of what He would have me to do, uh, the Lord brought me to a couple passages of Scripture. The uh, message that I will bring to you today, uh, is that PowerPoint ready to go? All right. Whenever they give a thumbs up, I'm, going, I'm always crossing my fingers. All right, where's my clicker? All right. I've preached this message, never done this before. In 22 years of being in the Philippines, I always preach a message only one time. This message I've preached three times, not only in the Philippines, but also in Thailand. The Lord used it very, very effectively in people's lives. There's some real changes, life-changing changes. I always see that there are certain times in our life where our life takes a new direction. And I really hope today that as a result of what God has put on my heart, our church will take a new direction. And that some of you will take a new direction because some of you are definitely going in the wrong direction. There are some that aren't here today that I actually contacted and asked them if they would please be in the service today. And they wouldn't even respond to me. So again, deeply concerned. Today I want to talk to you about what I believe is one of the most... Okay, guys. Important issues in Scripture. And that is how to have a close walk in relationship with the Lord. Actually, I had a man yesterday say this to me. He said, referring to one of his children, he said, I don't know if they've ever had a walk with God. It was deeply concerning to this father. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 through verse 16. By the way, of the three times that I preached this message, all three times I never finished it. Does that surprise you? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship? We're going to look at fellowship today. We're going to look at having communion with God. Having a walk with God. Do you know what a walk with God is? Do you know what it's like to be in fellowship with God? What could be more important in the Christian life than having a close walk and fellowship with God. Nothing. Nothing is more important than that. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord, harmony, hath Christ with Belial or the devil? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel or an unbeliever. 
And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. Does God dwell in you today? Yes or no? If you're a born-again Christian, he, He dwells within you through His Holy Spirit. He said, I will dwell in them. And He said, and walk in them. He doesn't say that I will walk with them, although the Bible does speak about walking with the Lord. It says, I will walk in them. How could he say that to us? Because we are in the dispensation when the Spirit of God dwells within us. I will walk in them. Not just with them, but in them. What fellowship? What communion? And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Now take your Bible and turn over to chapter 11. Verse 1 through verse 3, we see Paul expressing his heart, a pastor's heart for his people. Do you know, do you know why God gave you this preacher? How many of you think you know why God gave you this preacher? Raise your hand if you think you know why God gave you this preacher. Most of your hands weren't even raised. God gave you this preacher to perfect you in your walk and your relationship with Christ. And I can honestly say before the Lord as I lay there in the hospital that I have done my best over these 35 years to try to perfect you in Christ. That one day that when I stand before the Lord and I have to give an account for you, that I could take you and present you to the Lord as this beautiful, chaste virgin who has kept herself for her bridegroom. Paul says in verse 1, Would to God... We could, you could bear with me a little in my folly. Now, what Paul had to say to them was not folly from his perspective, but it was from theirs. For example, they would say something like this. Here he goes again. We've heard it before. There goes the preacher again. There he goes off on his soapbox. There he goes on his folly again. See, this was a very carnal church. The church of Corinth was characterized by carnality. And so they considered the preaching of Paul as just folly. I didn't know if I would even bring this to you today. I thought it's pretty offensive. But I guess I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. When they rejected the Lord Jesus, you know what they did? They spit in his face. You know what you do when you come to church and you hear the preacher preach and you know it's the Word of God? And 
you say, I'm not going to follow that. That's just a bunch of folly. It's like going in the preacher's face. We've heard that separation stuff before. There he goes again. And Paul said, would you please just bear with me? I know you consider it folly, what I'm going to say, but would you just please bear with me? And I want to ask some of you here today, would you please bear with me? I will say this, most of those who need the message today are not here. Isn't that just like the devil to keep them from being here today? Some of you are. He says in verse 2, he said, For I am jealous. You see, there's a bad jealousy, then there's a good jealousy. He said, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. And I could actually say this, of all the members of our church, that's how I feel about you. Do you know how I feel? Do you know how I feel as your pastor? And some of you, I've been your pastor your entire life. As you grow up and I see you grow up and then I watch you leave a good, independent, fundamental church that contends for the faith and you drift off into one of these entertainment, contemporary type of churches that cater only to the flesh. Do you know how that makes the preacher feel? Do you know how it makes the preacher feel when... You've trained these precious young people the importance of courtship and seeking the mind of the Lord and who they're going to marry and, and they step out of the will of God and they marry outside of the will of God. It breaks your heart. And then you see others that follow their ungodly example. And then you see Young people, you see, college and career, and I talk to them about the decision that they're making. They say something like this to me. Well, we prayed about it. To which I say, yeah, right. Because I can see no indication whatsoever that you have any kind of walk or relationship with God. So how can you be hearing from the Lord? It's deeply concerning. So I am jealous over you. You know why? Because I love you. I have given my life to try to perfect you. And I know that one day I'm going to stand before the Lord and give an account for you. I can't wait to give an account for some of you before the Lord because I'm going to do it with great joy. And there's others of you, I'm going to shed a tear when I stand before the Lord and give an account. I want to tell you something. We've lost too many of our young people. We don't need to lose anymore. We've lost too many of our college and career age. We don't need to lose anymore. We've lost enough families to the world. We don't need to lose anymore. Amen? And the only way that we can stop from losing our people to this world is if our people, you and I, have a close walk and relationship with the Lord. Because if you don't, this world is going to suck you in. It's going to draw you away from Christ. He said, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, what in the world are you doing committing spiritual adultery with this world? You belong to Christ. That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But then he said this, and this is the same thing I fear. I, I know, I, I'm, I'm with you, Paul. He said, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent, the old devil, 
beguiled, tricked, deceived Eve through his subtlety, through his craft. He is so crafty. What in the world are you doing listening to the devil? So your minds should be corrupted. I've seen this corruption take place. Should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I want to tell you something. I can't wait till that old devil is taken and he is chained and thrown into the bottomless pit. Hallelujah. I'm going to be right there. Give him a kick in. I can't wait till he is resurrected out and he is cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. Hallelujah. But until that day, we have to do battle against the devil. I need to do it for your souls. You need to do it for yourself. So let me tell you today, I'm doing battle for you. The reason I'm doing battle for you is that I care about you, and you can leave here today, and you can talk about preacher all you want. But this preacher knows his heart, and he knows the godly jealousy that he has over you. I want to present every one of you one day to our Savior as a chaste virgin. So what is the key to having a close walk and relationship with the Lord? This is it. You've got to get alone with God. How many times have you heard the preacher talk about the importance of having your personal prayer time and devotional time every day with the Lord? You ever heard that before? And yet I wonder how many of you here really have a daily time where you get alone with God. Let's talk about this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, He said, but thou, when, when thou prayest, He assumes that we're going to do it. That prayer is just a part of our daily life. But when thou prayest, enter into thy what? I can't hear you, what? Closet. And when thou hast what? Shut the door. See, what are you doing by entering into a closet and shutting the door? You're shutting the world out. You cannot hear from God until you shut the world out and all the distractions that are in the world. Every one of us have to have that prayer closet, wherever that prayer closet is for you. For me, it's my office. For you, it may be your bedroom. I have no idea where your prayer closet is. But wherever it is, that prayer closet ought to be visited every day by the children of God. You shut the door. You pray to your Father, which is in secret. Here's the awesome thing. And your Father, which is in secret, will do what? He'll reward you openly. God promises that He will reward your life if you will take time every day to shut out the world, to close the door, and get alone with God. God will bring tremendous blessing into your life. So you know why some of you are not being blessed by the Lord? Because you're not, this has not become a priority to you. See, we only make things a priority when we see the importance of them. Find your place. Shut off your cell phone. Turn off your computer. Shut out the world. Lock your kids in another room. <laughs> Get alone with God. You know, the Bible says, I'll just point out this one verse. It says, he was 
there alone. If Jesus had to get alone to get a word from his Father, how much more do we need to get alone? We get a word from our Heavenly Father. He is our example that we should follow in his steps. Now, I want to jump all the way back to Genesis and creation. But I think the creation story really shows this in a real way to us. Right here. Well, I heard babies crying before. Why did God create man? I remember being asked this question quite some time ago, and I didn't have a good answer for that. Imagine that, asking a preacher a question he doesn't have. The first thing that came to my mind is God created man because he was probably lonely. But then I thought, no, wait a minute, he couldn't have been lonely. He had his son, and they were in sweet fellowship with each other. He had the blessed Holy Spirit. He had an innumerable number of angels. It couldn't have been that God was lonely. He was surrounded by celestial beings. So why did God create man? The only answer I could come up with is because he wanted to fellowship with us. You were created to fellowship with God. You were saved to fellowship with God. The very purpose of your existence was to fellowship with God. But if I were to walk around this room this morning and even ask you, could you tell me what it means to fellowship with God? When was the last time you really experienced fellowship with God? The Bible talks about having communion with God. The Bible says, I will manifest myself to them. I will make my abode with them. When is the last time you could actually say, God manifested himself to me in a real way. God spoke to me today. I met with God today. I felt like I had an abode with him today. That's what God wants to have with you and me every day. That's why we were created and that's why we were born again. That's why His Spirit was put within us. So He not only could walk with us, but He could walk in us. The purpose for our creation. When God created Adam and Eve, He placed them in a beautiful garden. The Garden of Eden. Paradise, the Bible calls it. While Adam and Eve were in this beautiful garden, the Bible said that they walked with God in the cool of the day. The only thing I like about Asia is the morning. In the morning, it's nice and cool, it's fresh. We get up early in the morning, we walk down to the coffee shop and have some of the strongest coffee in all the world, because even God doesn't want to talk to you until you have your coffee. But by 9 o'clock, God is trying to find an air conditioner somewhere over there in Asia. But they walked with God. And they enjoyed fellowship with God there in the cool of the garden. Every day. The purpose for their creation. But then into this garden came this fallen angel called Lucifer. Satan. And the devil transformed himself into a serpent. 
Because the one thing that he could not stand was to see Adam and Eve walking with God, having fellowship with God, delighting to be in the presence of God, having God manifesting himself to them and making his abode. Satan couldn't stand that. and He knew the one thing he had to do was interject sin into the equation because it was his sin that caused his breakage of fellowship with God and caused him to be cast out of heaven. So he knew. He knew what he had to do to spoil paradise. And so he came to Eve and he made her an offer. This offer was simply an offer to get her out of fellowship with God. The Bible said she was deceived. Instead of fleeing, she listened and she she seriously became deceived. And the Bible says she took the fruit thereof, she gave it to her husband who was not deceived. And he ate of the fruit. And so now what do we have? We have the fall of man. Everything changed. God's very purpose for creating them has now changed. Sin has now entered into the equation. And no longer were they walking with the Lord in the cool of the garden. They made themselves fig leaves and they tried to hide themselves now from the the last thing that they wanted to do was now walk with God. When once it was the most important thing to them, now it was something that they avoided. Why does a carnal Christian not want to come to church? You tell me. Why does a carnal believer not spend time every day with the Lord and in the Word? You tell me. Why does a carnal Christian not have that private prayer closet? You tell me. I think the answer is very clear. But it spoiled paradise. They are now out of fellowship with God. They're cast out of this Garden of Eden. A flaming sword held in the hand of the angel is there to keep them from going back and eating of the tree of life. Lest they live in their sinful condition separated from God forever. God so much wanted to fellowship with them that God made a way. God offered the first sacrifice for man's sin. The innocent had to die for the guilty. And an innocent animal had to give its life and shed its blood so Adam and Eve could be clothed in their nakedness. God instituted a blood sacrifice. You may remember that Cain and Abel, the two sons of Adam and Eve, brought a sacrifice to the Lord. Abel, who was a herdsman, brought what God required. He brought a lamb. And God accepted it. Cain, who was a farmer, he brought fruits and vegetables. Yes, they may have been the best that he had, but it wasn't what God required for the atonement of men's sins. Only by the shedding of blood could there be remission of sins and a relationship Be restored with God. And you know the story. Abel offers his sacrifice. God accepts it. Fellowship is 
restored. Cain became very angry. He finds a club and he slays his brother. I can only imagine how Adam and Eve must have felt when they found their dead son lying on the ground. Do you think, stay with me, or the air is going on. Do you think that maybe their mind went back to say, if we only wouldn't have listened to the devil? If we only wouldn't have given in. There was only one commandment that was given to them. Got two preachers here. Pastor Bruce, Pastor Peterson, P&P. Wouldn't it have been a great thing to have only one commandment to teach your people? Hallelujah. How would you like it every Sunday the preacher gets up? All right, take your Bible. Here's our text today. Thou shalt not eat of the tree of the garden of good and evil. You got it, church? All right. Next week's message. Take your Bible. Not to eat of the tree of the garden of good. You got it, church? But it was that very commandment that Satan knew he had to get them to break. If we only would have listened to God. Do you know how many people some of you are so naive, so foolish. Do you know how many people have come to me years later and said, Preacher, if we only would have listened to what you told us. I've had so many people that have come in later in life and said, if we, Pastor, if we only would have heard these things earlier in our lives, we could have avoided so much heartache. I want you to look at this picture. That's not how God intended it to be. Sin. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. They died in their fellowship with God and physical death now came upon the human race. How many of you like getting older? You know what? God never intended it to be that way. Sin spoiled everything. Say, what happened? Sin changed paradise. If you look up here, I'm thankful paradise is coming again. Aren't you? I can't wait. If you're here today and you are so plugged into this world that you don't want the rapture to come or death to take you, I feel bad for you. Because from paradise past, remember Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today thou shalt be with me in what? Paul talked about a man being caught up into paradise. It was so awesome he couldn't even write about it. But in between paradise past and paradise future, we have the nasty now and now that we live in. You know what the Bible says? Satan is the god of this world. Like it or not, he is the god of this world. One day the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Great song today you sang, by the way. I like your voice better than that guy's anyway. 
But from paradise past to paradise future, I'm here to tell you, you can still have a little bit of paradise. And do you know where that little bit of paradise takes place? It takes place in that room where you've shut out this fallen world and you get alone with God. When was the last time you experienced a little bit of paradise here on this earth? Stop to think about this. What, 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 what made the Garden of Eden paradise? Was it the beauty of the garden? Was it that there were fruit trees of all kinds? Was it that there was no curse? Was it that the lion would lie down by the lamb? What was it that made paradise paradise? And they walked with God. That's what made it paradise. What's going to make heaven paradise? Is it going to be the golden streets that we walk upon? Is it going to be the beautiful gemstones that line the walls of the city? Is it going to be the seraphims and the cherubims singing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty? Is it going to be the 24 elders or the seven lamps of fire burning before the throne? What is it that's going to make heaven paradise? And I will dwell with them. The same thing that made paradise past paradise is the same thing that's going to make the future paradise paradise. And it's the same thing that we can have right now if you want it. See, stop this nonsense. Stop it of making your own plans for your own life. This isn't about what you want to do. This is about what God wants you to do. And the only way that you're going to get a word from the Lord is to have that place that you go into and you open up and you shut the door. Now, I, I know this. Fundamentalism is on the decrease. I know it. Our fundamental churches are sinking. Our young people are gravitating. Not only just our young people, some of our folks that should know better, are gravitating off into these entertainment type of churches. Where, listen, you will not hear a message like this. The largest supposedly evangelical church in Jackson County right now, the preacher has said openly he will not preach on sin because sin is too negative. Yet it's the largest evangelical church. I'm here to tell you, he is an enemy of the cross of Christ. Well, I like, I like these. There's no standards there. You can be who you are. And you can dress the way that you are and no one will judge you. I'm here to tell you, no one judges you here either. God's your judge. But that doesn't mean that we should not preach on holy living and having some standards. And, and, and that doesn't mean that if I say those who get up here on this platform need to be dressed modestly makes us legalistic or somehow in embracing the, the law but not the spirit of it. I'm just here to tell you we are living in an absolutely immoral age and that immorality has swept into our churches. That's not paradise. 
I'll tell you this. You go to a church and you see a drum set up there on the stage, you better get out of that church. Did that music stir your heart today? It didn't stir my hips. Praise God, because my hips aren't like they used to be. As someone told me not too long ago, well, you know what? I just don't enjoy church anymore. You know why I don't enjoy church? Because you're out of fellowship with God. Had someone tell me not too long ago, I'm tired of hearing the commandments. The Bible says those who teach the commandments, great are they in the kingdom of heaven. The reason you don't keep my commandments, Jesus said, is because you don't love me. I'll tell you something, I love hearing the commandments. You want some paradise, it's there for you. Getting alone with God is something that every one of us ought to do. Every Christian ought to do it. We desperately need to do it, and we need to do it on a regular basis. The Bible said it is good to draw near to the Lord. When was the last time? Come on now. I'll go all the way back to that. When was the last time you, draw, you drew near to the Lord? I got alone with God. I drew near to Him. I had some questions. I had some things that needed to be answered. And I got a word from God. Having a place where you can quiet your heart. Boy, we can get a noisy heart, can't we? Where we can just quiet our heart and hear from the Lord is so important in our spiritual growth and our understanding of the Lord. Stand in awe, sin not. I got a message coming up, okay? You know what the name of the message is? Stop sinning. You know how many times the Bible says stop sinning? Stand in awe, sin not. Commune. Commune with your own heart upon you. When was the last time you went to sleep? I mean, you're just laying there and you're just, you're just communing with God. The Bible said, be still. Shh. Be still. My word, shut up. Shut up. Be still and know that I am God. And very few believers, however, take time to do this. Don't take time to get alone with God. It says, thou art my, what? I can't hear. Thou art my hiding place. When is the last time you hit out with God? God, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Hiding out with God. It's, listen, it's, it's not enough coming to church on Sunday morning. And I wish you all would come on Sunday night. I wish you all would come on Wednesday night. Listen, I have told those who teach and minister here in our church, 
I expect you to be faithful to church. God requires faithfulness. We require that of those who send their kids to the Christian school. That's not legalistic. You know what legalism is? Legalism is is believing that if I keep these certain standards or this list of do's and don'ts that somehow I can merit the kingdom of heaven. I don't believe that. I'll tell you something. I want to please God in my life. If God said it's required to be faithful, then I don't think there's something wrong for me to require it as well as a pastor. Be faithful. If you can't be faithful in little things, God can't trust you with bigger things. But again, don't get tired of me saying that. When was the last time you hid out with God? You found a hiding place and you hid out with God. Remember when you were a kid, you liked to play hide and go seek? Didn't want anyone to find you? Just get alone with God. Don't let anyone find you. Oh, but pastor, someday I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write it just before I retire. It'll be a book of excuses. I'll let the the next preacher deal with it. Do you think God is sick and tired of our excuses? I have so many things to do. I don't have time. I have so much work. So many places to go. I got people to see. I have so many demands upon my life. I'm busy at work. I'm busy in the ministry. I'm busy with family responsibilities. Someone just told me here not too long ago, say, you know what? We just don't feel we can come to church anymore on Sunday night and on Wednesday night because we just need a little bit more family time. You know what? They just left the church. They just left the church. Done everything that I could try to do to minister to them and get them back. Refuses to meet with me. I am jealous over them with a godly jealousy. Why did God give us the Sabbath? Why did he give it to us? So we would just separate ourselves from this world and just give one day for the Lord. Amen? This is my day. This isn't your day. I taught, I taught all my children, if you get a job that requires you to work on the Lord's day, quit that job. Find another job, God will bless you. This is his day. It's not my day to do with what I want. Well, there he goes again. <laughs> Even God built us into creation. The secret, I believe this, disagree with me if you want, but the secret to a healthy soul is not the discontinuance of hard work, but regularly pausing from work to get along with God. One of the greatest deterrents to revival, this is it. You know we're not having revival, you know what it is? We don't have a quiet place. We need to teach these young people to have a quiet place. 
That is why revival is not happening. No alone time with God. No hanging out with God. No manifestation of God. God isn't real to us. We're not hearing his voice. I want you to notice something here I, I really believe about our enemy, the devil. All he has to do is just distract us. All he has to do is just entangle us in the affairs of this life. No man that war tangled himself with the affairs of this life. You know what? That guy can't do nothing. Why? Because he's all tangled up. Some of you are, you're, you're, you're tangled. You're entangled. You need to start cutting some things loose. One thing you need to cut loose is social media. Some of you spend more time on Facebook than you do face-to-face -face with your Savior. I know people say, but isn't it used for good purposes? Yes, it is, and yes, it can be. But you have to be so careful. Teenagers have no business having a Facebook account. Amen, preacher! Why, why am I getting all these dirty looks? Teenagers have no business having Facebook accounts. Got all this social media going on. All this gossip going on. If you... Anybody got a cell phone handy? I just want to break it, no problem. If you can't put your phone on silent, there's something wrong. You can't leave that thing outside that room and get alone with God. There's something wrong. I'm telling you, this is another, this is a huge enemy entertainment. You young you, you teenagers and you college and career young people here right now, you are so plugged into entertainment. You know who the Hollywood stars are? Shame on us for even knowing who they are. I hear these young people, I hear them talk about these Hollywood stars. I'm like, I don't have no idea. Who, John Wayne? Yeah. <laughs> now, all about these filthy, wicked Hollywood stars. Watching these DVDs all the time. I'm going to tell you something. When I grew up, if you went to the movie house, you better sneak out because you were a sinner if you went to the movie house. Am I right, Pastor Peterson? Pastor Bruce, am I right? Well, aren't you glad the movie houses have cleaned themselves up and Christians can go now? Hmm?
Love not this world. Neither the things that are in this world. I think it's time to stop. Things are not going to change at Fellowship Baptist Church. Things are not going to change in this country until we stop. And we get our little place where we lock ourselves in with God. You know, we're on this busy, busy highway. We're on this freeway. As I stop to think about that, you know what we need to do? We need to take an exit ramp, find a parking spot, and just be with God. God will tell you something. If you don't get off that highway, God just may give you an amoeba in a foreign country and lock you in to a room for four days. <laughs> Elijah. He wanted to hear a word from God, and yet a strong wind came, and God wasn't in the noisy, strong wind. An earthquake happened, but God was not, he could, God wasn't in the earthquake. Then the Bible said there was this raging, roaring fire, but God wasn't in the fire. So the Bible said he took his mantle and he wrapped it around him. And he was right where God could speak to him in a still, small voice. When was the last time you heard God's still, small voice? He leadeth me beside what kind of waters? Still waters. Be still. Shh. And know that I am God. Communion. Fellowship. Manifestation an abode. What about you? Do you love the book of Revelation? Oh, I love it. Taught it so many times. Love it. Do you know John received the Revelation when he was all alone on the island of Patmos? Do you know that Paul wrote the majority of his epistles while he was in prison? Do you know the Holy Spirit wasn't given until they waited and locked themselves into a room? Does God still honor this promise today? Let's read the promise. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Do you believe it? Say amen. You do it, He will. So you need to find that quiet place. How many of you right now, now know of a place right now God has brought to your mind? You said, that could be my quiet place. Okay. Find a quiet time. Get your heart quiet. Take time to listen. Take time to pray. 
Take time to hear from God. Take time to experience Him. If I was to ask you, Daniel, yesterday was Saturday, right? How was your experience with God yesterday? Samuel, when was the last time you experienced God? Why don't you tell me about it? What about you? Seek the Lord while he what? May be found. Seek his face and his strength what? Continually. Well, let's push the pause. Let's find that place. Let's withdraw ourselves. Let's read our Bible. Let's listen to what God's saying to us. Let's meditate upon this truth of Scripture. Let's start memorizing some of those Scripture and hiding them in our heart. And let's pray. And I'll tell you something. You will experience God. Where's your prayer closet? Do you have one? If not, this is what I'm going to ask you to do right now. I'm going to ask you today to say, I'm going to make it the number one priority in my life to meet with God every day. Spiritual growth cannot be cultivated in a vacuum of communication with God. And I'll leave you with this. I have no idea who wrote this, but when I read this, it was powerful. It spoke into my heart. Could it be the missing ingredient in our lives and churches today is not more activity? Listen, we don't need more activity to try to keep our people. We don't need more activity to entertain our teenagers. We don't need more activity to keep our college and career from filtering into the world. Right? We get that. We just had more things going on, more activity, more this, more that. If we would just change our churches, that's what we need to do. We're losing our people to the. We just need to change our churches and, and make our churches more. That's what we need to do. I'm telling you, we're doing exactly what the Lord would have us to do. We don't need more activity. I'm in 100% agreement with this. But we have a lack of holy secession. Perhaps God is waiting for us to stop long enough just to make time for him. We do this. I'm here to tell you today. We do this. We're not going to be losing our children to the world. We do this. We're not going to see... Remember, remember a couple Sundays, just before I left, I brought our young men up here. And I talked about contending for the faith. Do you... Do you oh. Joe, you know how important that is. You're on the same page with me there. Dale, I know you are. Dave, I know you are. Man, I know you are. But listen... All of us need to get on this same page and earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. But we will not contend for the faith 
until we're close with the Savior. It won't happen. So every head bowed in You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.